Howdy, and welcome to the Band of Ice podcast. I am doing my first, hopefully, audio-video layover, or whatever you'd call that. I, I am nervous, my lord. So, I have, these last couple weeks, learned how to... Are you supposed to look at the camera? Are you not supposed to look at the camera? I don't really know what you're supposed to do. So I guess we're going to we're gonna figure this all out together. So I'm also going to figure out the camera angle. Again, this is attempt number one. We'll see where it goes. I want you to be able to see my face, but at the same time, I don't want, you know, I want, I want the mic to be where it needs to be. So, yeah. Either way, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I am going to drink some of my bevy. For today's bevy, we have ourselves some awa, which is nice. I am hopeful that the video recording actually works. We'll see. It's, you know, after everything I've read, it says about nine hours worth of video time recording. I'm not going to be on here for nine hours. We'll see if I even make it an hour, you know. I started this process of recording today probably about two-ish hours ago or so. Uh, there was a little bit of getting up and getting down, go outside, take Boomer out. Boomer's my dog. Uh, and then I... Laundry. But a lot of it was learning how to use this software, uh, understanding the terms that are being used and all the articles that I'm reading. I'm taking Adobe. I'm using Adobe Audition, which is fairly straightforward. There's nothing crazy about it. But I wanted to use ASI. ASIO for all to get a better audio quality. So this is what we're going to start with. And then after this, we're going to edit down any backward background noises. And one thing that I can, I know that I'm going to have to, to remove is going to be that fan there. So then we just leave little breaks of audio and that little separation in time allows for me to go back and edit. Either way, these last couple weeks, I've spent a lot of time planning, figuring out what I'm going to do, uh, where I'm going to be investing my time. I was posed with a question from a friend who asked me, Ben, what do you like? And I did not know the answer to that question. I sadly do not know the answer to that question. And I think part of it is that I just didn't spend enough time doing Ben things. Instead, I was doing so many extracurriculars, if you will, and I wasn't taking myself into consideration so she asked me that, and I went down this this avenue of constantly journaling. 
right? Figuring out things that have been on my mind, but that I didn't really have time for. I have the evenings now more to myself, I suppose. And I get to decide what to do with that time that is dictated by nobody else but me. And that's insane. I can use that time to go work out, to watch a movie, to record a podcast. Wherever I want to invest my time, anywhere, and to whatever degree, and ever, however in-depth I'm wanting to go. So when she asked me, I realized I didn't really have any hobbies. I had work, work, and school, right? This is my last semester of my master's degree, thankfully, ideally, right? Hopefully we pass all the things. That'd be nice. <clears throat> and yeah, it's just, it's been taking so much of my time that I kind of lost Ben time, that creative mind, that relaxing kind of like the, the, the playful child, you know, like being able to try new things and being open to liking or not liking them, right? Understanding that both of those are, are opportunities. And if it doesn't fill me, if it doesn't give me that intrinsic value or that intrinsic motivation or continue to feed that intrinsic motivation that I'm looking for, then I don't need to do it. The only person I'm doing it for is ultimately for me. So what's why put myself in a position where I'm going to be more frustrated and agitated and feel like I'm working? Brings me back to a couple weeks ago where I was setting up this room, studio, if you will, put my desk in a certain position, putting the stuff on the walls, which you can't really see, except for maybe that guy right there. Bloom where you are planted, I believe it says. And I, I was like, man, I feel like I'm being so unproductive, like I'm not working. I was like, wait, this is work. It's just, I get to design the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it progresses. I am in full control of how this train runs. No producer, no... I mean, I had a producer for a little while. It was for the convenience of not having to go back and edit this stuff. Because I do have so many things going on. But... Now we are here. No producer. And still surviving. Still learning. Learning is probably the biggest portion. Ideally, we continue to, to grow this podcast and I get to the point where I can pay for somebody to, to man this machine in that respect. Have my own Jamie, if you will. My own young Jamie. 
but it was kind of, it was a cool realization and it was something that I learned or something that brought to my attention that business or being a business owner is being like an artist our our platforms are I guess where our market lies right this for this specific market it would be let's say Spotify and YouTube and whoever else I end up deciding to put this guy but that's where it lives and and I get to decide sponsorships how often I do it when I work how often I work at what hours of the day I work who I employ who I don't if I employ if I don't where I continue to record I will be changing podcasts podcast um studios here quite soon I will be moving to a different home which is kind of sad because I finally got comfortable in this place but it'll be a good move I believe I'm confident in the move so I was working and I do have a hobby I just don't I just wasn't spending much time really developing it and in it and in an even broader sense i realized that something i realized a long time ago was communication is a skill communication skills communication is a skill it's a craft and i have my sliding doors to my closets are mirrors on the front and I was mapping who Ben is right what are the qualities that I have or that I believe I have strengths and things that I want to work on uh, professionally um, personally whatever it may have been they're right now covered by curtains to hopefully help with the sound same with this i know you can't probably see the carpet but there's carpet here as well same idea hopefully we're buying some some transportable curtains here soon they're just expensive so either way i realized that that was a craft that i wanted to continue to improve on and I'm sure there's going to be people who are like man dude this guy's not very, very good at speaking it's a work in progress right always working when I first started doing this podcast it was really weird very odd I've spent a lot of time recording podcasts that I will never post most likely I like to journal and one of my methods of journaling is voice memos. So just turn on my iPhone, turn on a voice memo, whether I'm walking around the house, in a car, wherever I feel like I need is just to talk. Not only do I believe that it gives me practice uh, speaking, but it also allows me to, to kind of get my thoughts out on on paper, if you will. And 
make sense of things at times. I think verbally, I think out loud. And so having the ability to just turn on my phone as a recorder is, is infinitely helpful for me. Come to conclusions and realizations and all sorts of things that all nice, all sorts of real good feel goods. So with communication being a skill that I would like to improve, I think that there are several different modes of communication, right? There is the, the verbal, right? Learning how to speak, maybe slowly, more slowly. I get told that a lot in sales. And I think it's just, I'm not the best managed speaker, but I think the bits of Spanish that I do have and know, that tongue kind of continues to transfer over into English. It's just everything rolls very fast together and it becomes very natural and it's okay. But that doesn't make it for a good enunciated word or phrase or sentence. So taking time in between each sentence word has been a a focus of mine lately. Practicing my cadence, also practicing my economy of words, and I believe I'm able to work on that with the written communication. So my nightly journaling, or whenever I'm doing a budget, I write out all my numbers, and then afterwards I will write everything out in in English and what exactly I'm doing. And for me, it just helps visualize what the account's going to look like and where I want it to go and which accounts and what I'm purchasing and why I'm purchasing those things. I categorize my, my lanes into five separate lanes. And one of those lanes is hobbies. You have health, education, career, and relationships. Those five avenues I believe will lead me towards what I will, what I consider success. Improving in all of those different lanes will also simultaneously work within each other as well. Progress made in Hobbies can also be progress made in health, right? Uh, a new hobby of mine has been running. Not very often, but I do it when I can. And I like taking my dog, Boomer. We'll go for six miles, three miles of a walk, three miles of a run. And we'll get back to the house and he's going after the toy and ready for the next, the next run, the next thing. He's a German Shepherd. And I was not prepared. 
It was a, it's been a heck of a learning experience. And though I love the guy, I don't think I would ever do another German Shepherd. Very loyal, just very high maintenance. And with the amount of things that I am trying to do, unfortunately, I don't think I can give him the appropriate amount of time. He's not living his best life, you know? I'm not too sure if I will cut these pieces out. I'm not even sure if the video recording is still going. But what I am going to do is I'm going to try to go check on it. And this will be a good attempt for me to go back, edit the video, and slice this piece and see if it, you know, see if it works. So hold on, we'll see. All right, we'll see. See if it works. Hopefully it does. Really, it'll be good practice for me, you know? So I initially was, was going to start with um, writing down some talking points before I continued to move forward and actually started the, the recording. But I had spent so much time on the computer in front of the screen, I was like, we just got to get moving. So, I don't necessarily have any talking points outside of the ones that I've already currently talked about. I do want to talk about a scenario or a situation that happened earlier today. I have a so I'm, I'm a personal trainer and through that, I coach some kids' camps. I coach a kids' camp. And in that kids' camp, I am dealing with a population that I am not from. And the cultural differences, I feel like, sometimes make it difficult to communicate effectively. And I am doing the best that I can. I don't necessarily need to include that piece, but we'll see in the, in, as I move forward. My kids camp have one of my individuals who feels as if they are being bullied. And... Neither here nor there. I'm not going to comment on that piece. The unfortunate response was that the kiddo left my camp. And it makes me... It's been sitting on my mind. I want my camp to not 
be the camp that has the bullies in it or where people get picked on. I understand that that's a natural occurrence for kids, but for it to get to the point where we're no longer participating in exercise, I think it puts a bad taste of exercise inside the mouth of, of anybody, right? Nobody wants to be ridiculed when they're walking into the gym. It's a very common fear that people have being stared at while they're at the gym, feeling like everyone's judging them. Well, you know kids, they have no filter. They will call it how it is. They very quickly call it how it is. And to each other. So, this has been weighing on me. And I went ahead and I it leaked into another session. And I asked, what would you do in this situation? And the approach was something that Something where the, the shoe fit. And my question to myself was, li listening to that, my question to myself was, am I not able to handle this situation because of my own lack of practical experience in this situation? And I really took ownership of the other child's, or the child's, experience. And I think we've all been bullied and picked on or whatever it may have been. I remember those days. And so I sat and I thought on it for a while. I mean, for the rest of my morning, really, I go to an event on Wednesday mornings called One Million Cups. And at One Million Cups, we get some really good coffee. And it's a networking opportunity for entrepreneurs who are in the area. It's entirely free. And if I, if I could give you, if I could Google on my phone, I'd tell you the, uh, the organization or Nonprofit that hosts it, but I, it's called One Million Cups, but it's hosted by a specific foundation that I cannot remember the name of. Hopefully, I don't know if I'll add it somewhere. I don't know if people do that. Maybe that's also another practice tool. Check it there or something. Um, or I can cut this out and not use it. Uh, and I just don't use that piece. Or check it out. So every Wednesday, 8.30 to 9.30, we meet here in Bryan, Texas, and we go over this. We, we have 30 minutes of conversation of networking. And then after the 30 minutes, you then have 30 minutes of a presentation and question asking. So there is a speaker who comes on and discusses what their business is and the entire idea is what can we as a community do to help you in your endeavors yeah, some people need cpas some people need um, the understanding of marketing or using a marketing company and how, how to go about that whatever it may be there's a large group of individuals that come to this meeting that 
are all willing, more than willing to help each other. It seems that the entrepreneurial market, mind, person, group, community is made up of so far a, a large group or a large, a significant number of individuals who are more than willing to at least have a conversation that can put you in a position that can be beneficial and move you towards whatever it may be that you consider success. I've been connected with commercial lenders and CPAs, wealth management, and plenty of people. And I, I love going to these things. I really do. I like meeting new people and kind of sharing my story and talking to people about how I can help them and asking others how they can help me. And that's, that's kind of the whole thing, right? We're there to help each other and learning and being open to help and knowing how to ask for help is sometimes a struggle for some of us. So this is a good practice opportunity for that. And this situation still was really weighing on me. What do I do? Do I confront the kid do I can, or the parents? Do what do what am I what do I teach the kids who are in my class and how to deal with these people in your in their lives and the recommendation was or the advice that I was given was to find was to find power in numbers, which I think that there is value to. I think that there's practical value to and the examples that were given to me were a a school of fish stays in a school so that it does not get eaten or there is a less likelihood that of being eaten by a larger predator, right? The larger predator doesn't know which one to go after. Everyone spreads out and the predator is kind of left alone, right? Or only gets the, the stragglers. So the idea is to not be a straggler and to be, to have strength in numbers. And I never approached it that way. Never, never really thought about it out loud, really. So I took that and I was like, man, I, I've been doing it wrong. That's not the way I've been doing it. And the more that I got out of the situation and took time to think, to think on it, I realized that I'm not wrong. I just don't handle it that way. My method is pretty, uh, better or worse, pretty much ignoring the situation. I, I will rarely confront the situation because what am I going to do? I don't, I don't know what that other person is going through. What's usually that, that the individual who's more likely to quote unquote bully someone else to pick on someone else to, to pull someone else down is more than likely the person who is 
down themselves and they're trying to pull you down with them. Low level of self-worth, um, low self-confidence. a low level of happiness in their own lives, satisfaction in their own lives with their pursuit and their goals, and emptiness. And what good does it do for me to confront this individual who's already down I don't see the value. It's something that I've done for a long time. And just kind of didn't even realize what was going on. People would say stuff to my face and it just wouldn't click. It just wouldn't register. Like, are they saying that to me right now? Like, is that, is that directed towards this guy and then the situation would go away and I would be like alright well life goes on and I've been doing that for years you know like shit a very long time and I started within the last couple of years reading on stoicism seems like it's definitely making a comeback and a true sage or being a stoic or a sage is understanding that there are external factors acting upon us every single day things that we cannot control how your day is going how her day is going how cold it is outside, how hot it is outside, how that changes tire pressure and how that changes the way my tires stick to the ground or don't stick to the ground. All I can do is come inside and think. As humans, we have the, the strength, the power, the, it's a superpower, really, consciousness. Assuming that dogs, cats, animals do not have a consciousness. I just think that they don't have necessarily as complex of a consciousness. But I think there's a soul in there, you know? You look at a dog. There, there's something in there, you know, there, there's not just emptiness in there that that dog feels, that dog loves, that dog can be sad and happy. In my opinion, I don't, again, not research-based, it's just my frou-frou thinking. But... I, I, it seems that I've been practicing be, being a sage for a while without really putting a name to it. There's multiple different approaches on 
how to handle those situations. And the, my, my perception has been, I will continue to do what I'm going to do. And just because of who I am, I'm going to want to be the best that I can be at that thing. And you can make fun of me. You can talk shit. Do whatever you want. But I'm still moving forward. I don't care if it's half a percent a day. This is a long game. A very long game. Being patient in this game is hard. I think a lot of us struggle with that, especially nowadays where we have instant access to all things. I don't necessarily know how... I want to come back real quick. At an equal amount, or with an equal amount of attention to the external negative, I also have an equal amount of, actually, I think I was just redundant there, an equal amount of lack of care towards an external positive. And my example to that is winning first place at that state or whatever it was in powerlifting, winning any award in powerlifting. It was like, okay, that's cool. But I'm doing this because I want to do this, not because you're going to give me an award. I just really happen to like powerlifting and I really like how I, really like deadlifting, so I'm just going to continue to deadlift. And just so happened to get an award for it, but it was never, the, the focus was never the the thing at the end. It's lame. Maybe not lame, just not my focus, you know? I don't know if it would have been different if that was my focus. No way of really knowing. Ideally, we continue to approach other endeavors the same way, this being one of them. There is no, we made it. There is a process. I think there are, there are benchmarks or check marks or checkpoints, right? Just like in powerlifting, you are now strong enough to compete on the regional level on the national on the on the world stage and so there is there is that and so maybe this gets to the point where it's like hey i have a hundred dollars a month coming in from youtube we're doing a thing like what it's making money that's insane i don't really know how people how much people make off of youtube or even if it's a real thing anymore. I don't know if it's 
sat oversaturated. I don't really know how any of it really works. But we're going to continue to grow and move forward and live, exist. And I like doing this. I already like talking. This just gives me a place to do it that can either work or not. If not, it was still beneficial for me. Hopefully it's beneficial for other people as well. I initially started this. So I, I, I backtracked to the extrinsic versus intrinsic. And right before that, I was talking about something else that I don't remember. So we move on. I guess to conclude that, I guess that, that point there, I don't believe that it is necessary to actively fight against something. Just existing and understanding there are external factors acting on that other person or that other thing that will either play in your favor or that won't. It's worked for me so far. I think it also makes it a little difficult in knowing what boundaries in communication should exist. Being too forward or being too open. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm sure it is. You know, there are certain situations where I didn't need to say that, you know. Well, I would say yeah, that it's just worked for me. That's been my approach. And that doesn't have to be your approach. You know? You can do whatever you want. Um, the world's going to continue to move forward. So, why waste your time worrying about other shit? This is nice. This is quiet. This is ignoring whatever negative and positive. Just having no expectation, I guess. Being truly present and in the moment and allowing life to happen as it is. Which is difficult. It is difficult and it takes practice. And it's constant practice. I think you get to the point where you're 
presence for two hours of a day, you know, or you, you feel it, you realize it. Oh wait, shit. I'm in it. Like I'm in the moment. I'm here. Appreciating that. And then moving forward to hopefully carry that in, but not so forcefully. It just causes anxiety, but acting with intention. Intentionally, intentionally executing all things that we do. Intentionally executing all things that we do. It's not always going to be perfect. We're not always going to get there. But you're going to go and take that small moment uh, of being present and then take that forward with you into your your next task or your next thing. And you might start second-guessing yourself. That anxiety might come back out, whatever it may be. Uh, and you kind of lose sight of that. But then you go from... You know, after a lot of practice, let's say with things that make that help you be present, and that's different for everybody. For me, that's journaling. That's for sure. That is sometimes like here today. I've gone back and forth. Like, did I complete that thought or not? With speaking, and usually for the most part, I do pretty good when I'm doing my voice memos. But also, there, are, you know, there's we're on a wavelength, right? And my brain's moving and. There's thoughts coming in and thoughts going out, and there's a lot of them constantly. Got to decide on which ones we want to own and which ones we don't, which ones we're going to reinforce. But we get to control what's what's said inside of our brain, so long as we're conscious of it. So, different people like different things. I am, again, I like to do the the journaling, the speaking, and I have really taken the liking to the running. Uh, it's kind of insane. I also have, you know, I, I lost the desire or intrinsic motivation to work out. And I never thought in my entire life I would ever lose motivation to work out. But it's been this weird time in my life where working out just seems more like a stress than it does like an additive in my life, you know? And I think it's because I go into it with a mentality of, of having an expectation of, okay, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to do this sport so I can get good at it and then I'm going to go compete in it. I don't need to compete in everything. I can just do something to do it, you know? And just appreciate it for what it is. Running being that thing. Am I the best runner? Not at all. But I'm out there and I'm moving. And I've gotten to that point where I'll walk into the gym and I really don't know what to do. I feel not necessarily super, super organized. 
there's no real goal other than health, other than movement, really. Movement is my key. And so what are movements that I can't do? Internal rotation of my shoulders is being, is one that's been bugging me a little bit. So we're working on internal rotation of my shoulders. Sitting like this does not help me, I'll tell you that. But just being in the gym and feeling like, you know what I'm going to do? Five sets of ten on bench. I'm going to pair it with a couple different exercises. And they're going to be slow movements. You know, I, I, everything is done with extreme intention. My hips centered correctly. Are is my are my collarbones or my 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 clavicles? Are they square in the mirror? Does it look like I'm leaning into one hip more than the other? Is there a posture or anterior pelvic tilt where there's not supposed to be one? Intentionally diaphragmatically breathing. All of those things that keep me present in the gym that I that I missed, you know. It's constantly trying to find that fix and instead of sitting in and enjoying the process, I was looking for the fix. It's an endless and unfulfilling venture. If I'm looking for the external satisfaction or the external validation telling me that we're there. Part of what I'm just now realizing in my powerlifting career was, is, I look back on it and I wonder, how in the moment was I? How, how, how appreciative of the fact that I was doing what I was doing? I think I was dealing with so much more bullshit on the team than I was really focusing on enjoying the, the people and, and things involved with the sport. I, there are definitely times in my life, in my career, where I really was able to, to sit in them and enjoy them. But there were others where I was just a, a meat sack, you know? Just kind of moving around, kind of living life. I was good enough to, to live, you know, I was good enough to, to compete, but I was so disjointed. I was half-assed working in the lab. I was full half-assing powerlifting, drinking. I picked up smoking cigarettes a couple times, or I was smoking a lot. And 
fucking around, man. I mean, drinking a lot. Getting anything we can get our hands on, you know? It's crazy times. Dangerous times. With no real... Goal? I look back on some of those times and they were some of my favorite times with my friends, you know? Just being able to go to my friend Pablo's house and sit down, take a couple rips, play some games, play some zombie, um, Call of Duty zombies. I mean, the shit, man. Such good times. Not a care in the world. Nothing mattered. Nothing mattered. And I had friends that I hung out with all the time. That I do. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to hang out with as many people as I did and as often as I did. It was cool. But the social life was more of the focus for me than than the schooling or than, than anything else. Until I got kicked out of A&M, that is. Kicked out the first semester. Whoop. And kicked out again the second semester. A whoop. Went to Blinn for about a year and a half. Got my GPA back up. It wasn't an option to go back home. It was, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do this. One. Of the biggest lessons I've learned. You have to have to do. You must must do things. spending so much time in the lab and and in the in the lab and the um, and in the gym the powerlifting gym that I spent little to no time in class and that's what ended up getting me kicked out and then got back in thankfully but I was on on probation and that was the one year that Texas A&M won a national championship and all I had to do was pass my classes and I would have had I would have one of those rings but lesson learned
And I think that is an idea that I can continue to carry with me into today where I am currently working for somebody for two, for several people, I suppose. I have to do the things for them so that I can afford to do this. Is this very expensive? Not necessarily. But as it continues to grow, and as I continue to invest in it, it'll become that. I'm going to need to do these other things so that I can do this. So I answer my calls, I send my emails, and I am diligent. I goof, I mess up, of course. You know, I, I had five sales this last week and all of them were missing just one thing, but I reported them all, you know, so I feel like it looks bad. Not, not a big fan of that. that that's kind of a goof, right? Kind of my chickens before they hatched. It's not cool. So be patient. It's another reminder. I've been here before where I reported a, a sale and it wasn't actually a sale. I was like, oh, well, they're on their way to drop off the, the final check. And they never showed up. I don't know if that's an actual scenario, to be honest with you, but I wouldn't doubt it, you know. Just don't count the chickens before the eggs. Is that the saying? Don't don't count the chicks before the eggs? Whatever the saying is. Don't get ahead of yourself, Ben. Wow, what a heck of a, a lesson, you know? A lesson that I think... I overlook sometimes. I think it's at this point a little bit more deeply rooted. Uh, after those two semesters, I realized, oh shit, this is real. And I got to kick it into gear or else I'm not going to be here at all next year. And that's not what we want. That's the last thing we want. The entire point of me being up here is for this thing. It's not for all the extras. The extras are nice and the extras are fun, but that's not what we're here. So I had to learn to balance. School was not my priority. Passing an exam was not my priority. My priority was experience. That's kind of the way I live my life. I wanted to live as much of this life I can possibly live. That is why I do what I do. I want to be able to experience all of it. And I understand that opens me up to the downside of things as well, right? The hurt, the heart, heartbreak, the, the, hopefully not, um, bankruptcy things of the potential for, right? Taking risks. That's what I'm doing. And with risks comes a reward, but there also comes failure. 
my entire goal is experience. And I was able to achieve that once I learned the balance between doing the things I have to do and doing the things that I want to do. And I'm still learning that balance. I'm kind of just getting on my own two feet again, in my opinion. I finished with undergrad with a publication, All-American Powerlifter, records in the bench, deadlift in total for Texas A&M and for the nation. Got to hang out with friends. Became a little more disconnected when I got into the relationship my last two, my last year, two years, two years. A natural occurrence. An unfortunate occurrence. I shouldn't be okay with that, you know? I shouldn't disconnect from my friends just because I'm in a relationship, you know? It's also hard when all your friends kind of leave, you know? And that's hard. That's been hard. A lot of, you know, everyone that I came up here with left. Only one guy remains. And we just don't chat very much at all, really. This is me getting on my two feet again, being solo. recalculating my priorities and finding balance within those and it's a constantly moving target that's what makes it difficult but the further along things get the more regimented they become having that stability is something that I am definitely seeking and I find that within myself. I don't find that on the exterior because it's not going to exist on the exterior because there's only one thing that's guaranteed. Two things that are guaranteed. Change and death. Change and death. The only two things. Maybe there's more guarantees. Leave some comments or something, you know. Just give me a like. Comment, share, whatever. But also, really, like, interaction would be cool. I'd like some for my own. I want to like, hear what y'all are saying, you know? It'd be kind of cool. So. I'm trying to figure out this moving target. And the more that I journal, the more that I figure this thing out, this guy out, 
the easier it gets on the outside, right? The more defined my values, my morals are, the better off I'll be. I put myself in a position where all I really did was go to work and I'd come home and kind of just waste away a little bit, play video games. Uh, I, I'm in a master's program, right? I've been in the master's for the last two years, a year and a half. This semester being, I guess, two years from last semester, whatever, since 2020, since the pandemic started. So 2019. So 19, 20, 22 is my last semester. Four semesters. Fall of 2019. Is that right? Fall of 2019. Or was it 2020? When was COVID? 2020? I guess. I don't know. They all kind of go together. Uh, let's go ahead and say 2020 because two years it makes more sense. So, excuse me. I feel like burp should be more accepted. So, now that that guy's about to be over, and I think what's hard is the inconsistency in my schedule with training. That's hard, man. That's no joke. Sometimes you'll have, you know, I'll have new clients on a Tuesday or a Thursday and trying to figure out where they're at and then they're gone for a period of time and then now I have to kind of reassess and, okay, well, now I have that hour open again. Well, that hour got filled the following week and now I have one hour before that that's filled and then I have an hour gap and then I have another hour. It's the weirdest thing. And I probably do it to myself more than anything. But part of it is I'm wanting to capture as many athletes. I'm wanting to capture as many individuals as I can for a couple different reasons. I think the first reason being financial. Last two years ago, it was my only source of income, you know, Uh, it is no longer, but it was. So, it is a J-O-B. It was a very fulfilling J-O-B. Very fulfilling. Challenging. Learned a lot when I first started. Oh my lord. Getting to speak in an entirely different way and approach people differently and there's this whole thing you do there, you know, it's weird. And part of me feels like that led me to realizing or that added to the the separation between so I realized recently there's a separation to my authentic self and my professional self. Uh, this this 
bend that I put on when I'm out in public or, or when I'm not out in public, but when I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's a bend where I put it on I'm out in public, but the bend that I put on when I am on site and how I, I approach individuals, their clients, members, that's a, it's just different. You know, I would normally cuss more. I would normally uh, feel more relaxed, you know, uh, not have to worry about what's being said to who and what's being done in front of who and when and why and how and God, so much to worry about. And maybe that's just me worrying, you know, I'm not saying that that's everybody there. It's just saying that's it's this guy, you know. So, that separation to my authentic self and my professional self also created another source of instability, not being able to find a place where I necessarily fit, um, where I'm allowed to, to, to just be, right? It's hard. You can only do it for so long, you know. Now where I'm at, I feel like I'm much more able to in regards to um, interactions with customers. Definitely much more able to just kind of relax a little bit, lay back. And I think the reason that I'm able to do that is because I have defined who I am as a as a salesman. Who do I want to be defined as? And I get to decide that. I don't just fit into a category of what salesmen are or what saleswomen are. I get to decide what is what defines a good or bad salesman. And I have decided that honesty is really the best approach. I am very forwardly honest, fairly dry. I try to add jokes every once in a while and things like that. But overall, I see myself as a problem solver, someone who has all these tools in his toolbox and you come to you come to me with with a um, I don't want to call it a problem, but with a challenge, with a goal. And the tools that I have in my toolbox could potentially help you fix your goal or your challenge, accomplish the task, but it also could not. And that's okay, because I don't have every tool. Johnny down the street has the tool that you might need, you know? That can be square footage, that can be timeline, that can be purely the, the, the relationship, the vibe between the two people. 
the communication styles, the building materials, anything, anything that's involved that might not just be the best fit. That's okay. I was honest. And try to solve, I genuinely try to solve a problem. And if I was not able to, then it is what it is. So I feel much more relaxed. I feel like I can be a little more authentic uh, for the most part. I think there, there's still aspects, you know, there's still things that we have to do in that world. Office jobs are a new thing. That's for sure. I also don't know how long this has been now. I don't really see a timer anywhere. So, I would say we're probably at a pretty good stopping point. I would like to thank you if you watched all the way through. Maybe next time I'll have talking points. I'm not sure if I necessarily finished all of my thoughts, if they were all complete. But it's just talking. It kind of goes where it goes. I have ideas that I want to talk about. I'm, I'm learning how to... I'm wanting to take a, a class on public speaking. Because I have a an anxiety, a social anxiety with public speaking. Oh my lord. If I say things sometimes in front of a group, I'm like... Just the, the heats, the chills, the, the whole thing, man. God. It's rough sometimes. Especially when they're middle of the office and everyone just turns and stares at you. Oh, man. A tough feeling. But I think what has gotten me out and continuously gotten me out of that feeling or that mindset, that feeling, that social anxiety associated with it is... Just the fact that I, I know more, I feel more confident. This is my first time ever in this industry. Just started learning an entirely new process, learning an entirely new verbiage approach, um, understanding different groups of people. It's only been a year. Just hit a year last month. Pretty insane. What I do hope, what I do plan, I was talking about intentionally executing earlier, intentionally making time to be present and to do things, this is the thing that I need to do. 
this is the thing that gives me that internal intrinsic satisfaction. I've been searching, going to different classes, going to the bars. You know, I had that stint for a while, went out to a lot of bars. Drank a lot, gained a lot of weight, had a lot of fun, also had some not good times. A lot of tears. It was a weird time. And now I'm in this phase where, you know, as my friend said the other day, Brianna, Bree, it's like you're shooting at darts. You're shoot. You're shooting darts at a wall, just hoping something hits. And I think part of that, I think that was very spot on. I didn't really realize it. But it was spot on. And I think that's okay. That's the thing. It's okay. It's an adventure, baby. I'm trying it. I'm experiencing it. I'm living it. There's only one way to find what works. There's only one way to find what's going to give me that, that feel good. It wasn't the bars. The bars cost me money and didn't aid me in really any way. Oddly enough, it wasn't BJJ, which, I mean, insane. That's just, it's just not my time in my life for those things right now. Because this is supposed to be. This is the thing. We're going to continue to do this. Tune in. Hopefully we can get some guests in here. Soon. I didn't say it earlier. I didn't finish saying it. I have. I read the book. Start with why. I believe that was the book that triggered this. Start with Why. The rationale is whatever your why is, is your intention supporting or is the intention supporting the rest of the structure? It is your foundation. Your why is your foundation. Post-tension slab foundations. Boom, boom. Google it. My why You heard one earlier, a major one, um, that I've had for my entire life, really. It's to experience it all. To live. 
We have this one chance, this one opportunity. One. You only get one. Unless you believe in reincarnation, but even then you would forget your former self, and so it doesn't really matter. You would still technically only have one, or not, not technically, but practically you'd only have one because you would have remembered the other one, so you'd still just re-exist re all over again. Starting from scratch. Being your one, but you're like thousandth one, you know? And at the core, my why for doing this podcast for wanting to speak is to inspire and to educate. I think that's going to come as it may. I'm going to add one more to that. My wise for my life are to experience as much of this opportunity that has been given to me, to inspire, to educate, and to do things for the intrinsic value that I find in the things that I decide to invest my time in. I'm sure I'll refine that. I'll have to journal about it now. So again, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you got something out of it. Give it a like, a subscribe, a share. Be very much appreciated. I'm excited to learn how to edit this stuff now. Goodbye. Love you, bye.